0: So he brought in this chicken sandwich, which I start biting into, and he says, "Listen, we've been thinking. Um, why don't we give you ten thousand now and another forty thousand to finish the project what? in a week?"
1: Brilliant. So I start
0: crying, choking on this blinking sandwich. He's having to do the Heimlich manoeuvre on me, <laughs> um, but it's just <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. This is Simon Gilbo
1: with Inspired, and I'm really excited this week to have an old friend, Steve Leg, to join us. Hi, Steve. Hey, Simon, how are you? Brilliant, yeah, looking forward to this. So for those of you who don't know, Inspired, if you're new, it's, uh, it aims to be upbeat, uplifting. I introduce us to a whole range of mates from uh, all sorts of uh, different walks of life, and its its aim is to celebrate dogged perseverance, gritty overcoming costly faith, and and, and Steve's got loads of that in the mix, and, and there's so much crappy news out there and, 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 and drudgery and despair, and we want to counteract that completely. So, Steve, that's the aim. Love it. Are you up for that?
0: Totally, mate. Count me in.
1: Right, well take it away. So <laughs> tell me tell me tell me about your childhood.
0: Okay, so I come from Bournemouth originally, a beautiful town on the south coast, seven mm-hmm. miles of beautiful sandy beach. Um, I had a younger brother, David, and uh, went to Kingsley School in Bournemouth, one of the toughest schools in the town. Um, I got involved with the with the school band which sounds very rock and roll until I tell you it was a brass band mm-hmm. play the flat bass, this big tuba thing, thoroughly enjoyed school. And then one day when I was about 12, I saw a poster up and I thought, Oh, that's interesting. Um, and it was for the boys brigade, um, round the corner mm-hmm. from my home down in Bournemouth. And I thought, Oh, that looks interesting. So I was thinking about the scouts and all that sort of stuff, but the boys brigade, it was round the corner. It was very handy, but the only snag we had to go to church every Sunday, and I wasn't very keen because no one in my family were Christians. But on the plus side, we could play football every Saturday. And I heard there was a girls' brigade. So I thought, mm. I'm happy to put up with that. Yeah. So I went along to the boys' brigade. And we had a wonderful time. We did drill and first aid and all this sort of stuff. And I had to go along to this church, which I've got to say, Simon, was really boring.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it really put a lot of us off. And I, to be really honest with you, I felt sorry for God having to be there. Uh, I mean, omnipresence has its drawback sometimes, doesn't it? Uh, But we went on a summer camp and there was a vicar there who believed in God and not only believed in God, but communicated in such an incredible way Mm -hmm. about the love of God and how Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago, born in a shed, grew up to be a man who turned the whole world upside down, was crucified and came back to life again Um, so we could be friends with him. And I got thinking, well, this is either the biggest load of rubbish I've ever heard, Uh or it's true. And if it's true, I need to do something about it. And we were given this wonderful little booklet called Journey Into Life. And I must have read that about 25 times. And I determined that when I got home, I would pray that prayer in there. Because I figured I had nothing to lose. Uh-huh. And everything to gain. If it was a fairy story, like Postman Powell, yeah. Snow White, mm-hmm. and the Seven Dwarfs, you know, I'd risk nothing. But if this was true, if Jesus was the Son of God and he wanted to be friends with me and forgive me, then I had everything to gain. So we got home after an amazing week. we'd all we'd all got sunstroke, it was back in the day, you know, we didn't worry about the sun, did we? and
1: yeah. um,
0: we'd had a wonderful week in South Devon, and I dumped a suitcase in the kitchen. And I ran up to my room and got down on my knees and I can see myself doing it, reading this prayer from Journey into Life saying, God, if you're there, come in and change me. I'm really Mm. sorry for all those things I've done, said and thought that were wrong. I believe that Jesus was the son of God and he died so I could be friends with you. Please come into my life and change me. And it was Mm -hmm. such a simple prayer, but I knew God had met with me. And the little booklet said, please tell someone within 24 hours of your decision to follow Jesus. Uh-huh. So I went downstairs and told my dad, who clipped me around the ear and oh, swore yeah. at me, <laughs> you know, what have you done a stupid beep, beep, beep thing like that for? But I knew from that moment, life was never going to be the same again.
1: Beautiful. So how old were you then?
0: I was 12, 12 or 13 years old. But I discovered something yeah. that I thought, this is so mind-blowing. This has changed my life completely. And as we know, this word gospel means good news. And I believe from that moment on in my bedroom, uh, good news is for sharing. And it's wrong to keep good news to ourselves. So I guess I was destined to be a passionate evangelist from that moment on. And uh, I really was. I mean, I left school at the age of 16. I worked for Barclays Bank for five years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we would go out clubbing and boozing and whatever. But I would come back on a Friday or Saturday night, and if I'd not led five people in the pub to Jesus or in a nightclub, I'd be really disappointed with myself. My life was so changed by hearing mm. this message.
1: Were you the own? So no family context, no Christianity? No in one
0: in the family at all. Uh, my dear old gran um, thought she was a believer, but, we, but we, we kind of got in an argument one day that uh, I wanted to get baptised. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you shouldn't get baptised, you know, it was the ramblings of, of John the Baptist, nothing to do with Jesus. And I said, well, hang on a minute, John the Baptist baptised Jesus. <laughs> no, he didn't. I said, well, yes, he did. No, he didn't. I got told off arguing with my dear old gran. <sighs> so, <laughs> yeah, to answer your question, I was a first-generation Christian. I was the only one in uh, uh, my family.
1: And having been clipped over the year when you told your dad, I mean, did he did he soften? Did they mellow?
0: Never. I mean, to this day, my parents are both in their early 80s. They still ask when I'm going to get a proper job. Oh, wow. Is it painful? <sighs> do you know I think it probably was at the time because I worked for the bank for five years. Um, I was stewarding at Spring Harvest because I wanted to serve, but I didn't think I could do anything. I didn't think I had any gifts. I wanted to communicate. and I was very good at doing that one-to-one, but I didn't mm-hmm. think I could do that to large crowds which is, of course, what I do all the time these days. So that's hilarious, isn't it? So I was stewarding at Spring Harvest. I was working for the bank. We'd take a week off, go down to Butlins and wear a a yellow tabard and carry a walkie-talkie and say to people, you can't park there. Mm -hmm. But one night, you know, I was 21 years old. Someone was preaching, a preacher called Philip Mohabir, And he said, tonight, God is calling people to work full-time for me in the field of evangelism. And I felt a real nudge. So I put down my walkie-talkie and went to the front, and a couple of people prayed for me. And I knew from that moment on I was going to serve God in a full-time capacity. So, of course, I went home, still living at home with my parents, Mm -hmm. told them, went ballistic, all sorts of emotional blackmail for about a year. But I knew God had called me into full-time work. So it was painful. Yes, it was. I don't really think about that much these days, but I knew I'd made the right decision.
1: And uh, so you just quit Barclays Bank. Was it Was it gradual? Was it sudden change?
0: No, it was very sudden. So I thought about it for about a year. I'd subsequently left the Little Methodist Church and found a, a church that was linked to, to a pioneer, mm-hmm. Gerald Coates's network yeah. of kind of house churches that had started in Bournemouth. And uh, I was thinking of a YFC Youth for Christ year out team, but because we were in Pioneer, they really encouraged me to do a brand new initiative called Tie Teams, which stands for Training in Evangelism.
1: Yeah, was that is that uh, Pete Gilbert? Was he? Yeah, I worked
0: with Pete. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was amazing. I mean, our year there was about twenty of us, and it was the first proper year. The year before was kind of a sort of a, a you know a soft launch with our mutual friend, Steve Lee was on that and James mm-hmm. Sharp and great people like that. Yeah. But 20 of us, we were trained and I was seconded to work with a full-time evangelist. So I worked with this amazing character called Pete Gilbert and I was into magic and comedy and all that sort of stuff. And, Pi- and Pete had been pioneering escapology as a form of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, was very, very passionate about sharing my faith, but always wanted to do it in a kind of a quirky different way so so working with Pete was just a dream come true and for a year from 1988 to 89 we traveled 50 60,000 miles around the country and I saw Pete in action and he trained me up and kind of passed the mantle on a little bit in terms of creative communication
1: Brilliant! I, 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 when I was at Loughborough uh, University, he came and did our our weekend away as a CU, and he he sort of called me out and prophesied over me. So he, wow. he, he, left, he left a mark on me as well. A special an oh,
0: Outstanding communicator. Pete is mm. based in Scotland now. I just think back if I hadn't have worked with Pete, I mean, who knows where I would be today?
1: Brilliant, yeah. So uh, give us some some stories from that, those that time that tie team.
0: Oh, it was just remarkable. So it, it was a classroom training and then out in action on the streets we went overseas we had an amazing time out in paris and i I really kind of grew as i sort of stepped out in faith on the streets and we would draw massive crowds Mm -hmm. of people you know because we were entertaining as well as preaching and doing it creatively so i got into the escapology, or should I say got out of the escapology, yeah. you know what I'm trying to say, yeah. uh, and I bought myself a straitjacket and some handcuffs, and it was just a wonderful visual parable of, of how things in our lives tie us up mm-hmm. and stop us from being free, and uh, how only Jesus can truly set us free, and you know, escaping from a straitjacket, I have pictures in my office of gendarmes Put him into a straight jacket, and yeah. then I would escape. And just outstanding times on the streets. I love being on the streets, telling people about yeah, faith.
1: Yeah, you remember uh, you mentioned Steve Lee, and he—he, he, we, we, I interviewed him about four months ago, and of course he did that as well. And he had a few sort of shocking failures to share. Have you have you got any any glory stories or, or glorious failures to share? Do
0: you know? I've always got out. Really, I mean, one time <laughs> I was with Pete when we were going over to Norway, actually, for a youth weekend. And um, I'd arranged the lift, Peter got the tickets, we turned up at Gatwick, our lift drove off waving, we were waving back, and uh, we couldn't find our flight on the boards. Um, So I looked at the tickets, and it turned out we should have been at Heathrow, not Gatwick, which Pete neglected to mention. (laughs) So we managed to get all over town to Heathrow, plane was delayed until about 10 o'clock at night, so we were enjoying a couple of brandies on the plane and in the lounge, Uh, because, you know, the youth event was at 6.30 in the evening and we weren't going to get there till midnight. So we'd had a few drinks, got there, arrived in Norway at midnight and uh, everyone was waiting for us.
1: Oh, (laughs) my goodness.
0: So that was an interesting gig. Uh, We soon sobered up pretty fast.
1: And got invited back, or (laughs)
0: not? We did, actually. Amazing country. Yeah, worked out in Bergen. Have you been there at all?
1: No, I haven't, no.
0: Yeah, wonderful place, because my mum's Danish, so... Uh, I am half Viking, which explains a lot.
1: Right. Um, The magic stuff, did you major on that?
0: Yeah, I did because Pete was doing the escapology and then a lot of people um, were kind of copying him and then I kind of took it on, really. So just really wanting to be creative and a little bit different. And Paul Daniels had been a huge influence on my life. I remember as a kid in Bournemouth seeing him make an elephant disappear. He had an elephant in a field and a tent went round this elephant and the lovely Debbie McGee danced all the way round. Paul Daniels fired a gun. The the, the tent dropped and the elephant had gone. And uh, I saw that as a kid and I thought, this is incredible. Wouldn't that be a fabulous hobby, maybe even a job. And I went to Bournemouth Library one one uh, rainy Saturday afternoon and picked up a book on magic. So I was really into that. So the magic and the escapology, it kind of, you know, it, it was a very natural thing for, 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 for me to do. And, you know, it's got me into places where I would never have got mm. if I was just preaching. I mean, so much telly I've done. Over the years, you know, on mainstream shows, you are ask apologists with a difference. I worked with Jonathan Ross and Gloria Gaynor and Disney. And I I went on the big breakfast with uh, Cheggers and Zoe Ball getting out of a straitjacket. And it opened up so many doors. And sometimes people come up and say, well, isn't it just a gimmick? And I say, well, of course it is. But it works really well. Yeah, and gets me places I would never go with a big black Bible and a folk guitar, singing "Kumbaya" and "Lord of the Dance."
1: That's right, yeah, oh, brilliant. I, I, one of the weirdest weeks of my life was I, I did a, a, I think it was called England's Christian Mu- Magicians Course. Uh, oh an my word, yes. And, and uh, anyway, <laughs> it, it was a week with a you know a bunch of. Um, really nice nut jobs and uh yes. but, but my conclusion coming out of that time was it, it is a real craft and i think i just wanted some easy tricks and of yeah. course there are some easy tricks but it's a real skill to be a quality musician isn't it uh, magician
0: magician well it is it's just straight. it's stagecraft it's just everything's happened over the years you know i just got literally back this morning i, I left at 8 30 five hours back from Runcorn, where i was entertaining last night and people are so kind and things happen in the act and You know, someone wanders onto stage or you choose someone, something happens and you're just ready for it. And, uh, you know, people often joke that your ad libs are the most rehearsed thing that you do because all these things have happened over the years and you sort of remember them. So, yeah, I really want to to entertain people and do it really, really well
1: Mm. as well
0: and uh, get people laughing but thinking as well.
1: Yeah, and I know you're so versatile because the first time I think we met, or the first time I remember you, and, I, and we've come across each other sort of every year at New Wines and yeah, and stuff like that. But I remember back at Detling, Eric Dell's Detling, and yes. you were doing. I think it could have been the nine and ten year olds with our mutual friend Nick Mitchell, and I, I sat. Oh yeah, the eight to
0: eleven. Was what it had phenomenal?
1: I, time. I sat in the back as as the and there's sort of like an adult bunch of groupies listening because you're sort of pitching it to the kids with this sort of not not crude double entendres, but it was like there was a. There was a different level going on of humour and it was so, so funny and the kids oh, were you. absolutely loving it. So you See, I grew
0: up probably like you, watching Swap Shop and Saturday Superstore and stuff like that. It's very different Saturday morning TV these days. It's all mm-hmm. blinky cookery, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I just, everything we want to do, you know, put on high quality stuff, you know, mm. when, when we work with kids or families at things like Spring Harvest and New Wine, you know, really high-quality stuff that that is really entertaining but thought-provoking as well, Mm. that the kids are enjoying – and at another level, you know, we're reaching out to the adults as well.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure you've had it like there's there's nothing brings me more joy than when some 24 year old, you know, comes up to me at some event and says, I heard you when I was 11. And uh, s- that changed my life. I mean, I'm sure you've got loads of those stories as well. Oh, you? do you know
0: what's wonderful? We moved just before lockdown um, churches to a wonderful Anglican church around the corner mm-hmm. in Little Hampton, Sussex, which is where, where I've been based now for 30 years and the vicar tom who i've got to know is 37 Mm -hmm. and it transpires that 27 years ago i when he was 10 i was his leader at spring harvest on the week that he became a christian
1: beautiful Um, in that call yeah yeah it it makes you
0: feel old but it makes me feel very blessed and encouraged as well yes yeah absolutely so
1: you've also had the chance to go and minister abroad give us some stories there
0: do you know what one of the quirkiest craziest ones that makes no sense was some trips to mexico city and we always used to go over halloween mm-hmm. and they had this big festival the day of the dead yeah but if you watch i think is it specter the opening title sequence for the sequence for the james bond movie mm-hmm. you know you it, it kind of gives you a bit of an idea of the day of the dead and and people walking around dressed in black robes and skeletons and mm-hmm. floats and all this sort of stuff. And there was a great big celebration in one of the parks outside Mexico City one day. And there must have been about 2,000 people there celebrating. And there were coffins on the stage and really weird stuff. And mm. um, being very brave, I sent my translator up to ask if oh. I could perform. And uh, would you believe it? They said, yes. And I was still doing escapology then. So I went on and did a 20-minute set and got out of a straitjacket and said, who wants to meet the Lord of Life on the Day of the Dead? Who wants to be set free from darkness and all this sort of stuff, really playing on the the analogies? Would you believe it, Simon? 300 people came to the front and became Christians at this really bizarre sort of occult-type event. And it was such a success, and it went down so well, they invited me back the following year. Mm-hmm. and i was on the posters brilliant i mean how crazy is that <laughs>
1: Classic! Oh, wonderful! <laughs> an
0: evangelist at an occult festival you'd have thought the committee might have thought about this that i might put them out of business but there we go what an amazing opportunity mm. that was
1: mm. um now I'm, I'm i'm guessing you're 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 married you're on the road you got how many kids by this stage
0: well uh now i've got five daughters believe right. it or not five daughters 18 19 20 twenty two and twenty five mm-hmm. strange names I know, but there we go uh yeah we are but we are a blended family simon i was uh I was married with my three girls, and my missus went off with someone else, and I was a single dad for five years, which was really tough. it was really hard, got no support whatsoever it 's funny in some of our churches isn 't it the time I was in a very trendy house church in Littlehampton with hundreds and hundreds. Of people, but no one sort of looked out for me. They really struggled that mm-hmm. I was a bloke who was on on his own, and because I was quite capable and I wasn't an alcoholic and I wasn't terribly depressed, um, I was sort of left to it. And I think over the course of five years, I was probably invited out five times to mm-hmm. have dinner with people, and people looked out for me. I mean, talk about ironic. The one time I was low. I spoke to my house group leader, Paul, and we arranged a night out, a boys' night out, him and me, a few beers and a curry. And I was so looking forward to it. And uh, the day before he phoned out and said, listen, I'm really sorry, mate. I've got to cancel because we've got a meeting of all the house group leaders on people we need to care about. We're going to be discussing who we need to care about. And I thought, oh, man, how ironic is this? An opportunity to care for someone, yet yeah. you know, it's easier to go and sit in a circle and discuss how yeah. we're going to care for people instead uh, of actually doing it.
1: You know, let me just say right there, because I've just got back from a weekend. I've been preaching six times this last weekend, and uh, and I stayed with someone, and they always have someone for lunch. And we're mm. relatively new kids in town where we are here in Bath. And, we, well, we've been here two years, and I, I can count on less than one hand you know i think maybe a couple of digits who's invited us over for sunday lunch and it's it's such an opportunity and i was witnessing there yesterday how these guys invited another bunch of people around it's you know people who are singles divorced, whatever people who are lonely and need to be looked out for and anyone listening you can do that you can invite people around get get them around foster community and it's 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 such a crying need isn't it for so many do you know what? it's
0: so important and I do it all the time you know and uh, I always try to. I'm very busy on the road but I always try to be around for sunday lunch and sunday lunch is my domain and i have got to say it's pretty darn good mm-hmm. you know raised <laughs> with all the trimmings and uh, i mean to be honest with you my uh, my roast potatoes are the talk of the town
1: Great. and
0: further afield but i always cater for eight or ten people and it's a joy to do it and it really is and uh, we have a little group of friends and i set up a little thing called cheeky sundays mm-hmm. and um, pre-pandemic we'd have 14 people over on a sunday night and we'd drink wine and eat cheese and crackers and we'd laugh then we'd cry sometimes and sometimes we'd pray and sometimes we'd talk about the law and other times we'd talk about football but it was just wonderful times and it's so easy to do but it's very interesting even within our group of friends there's only one other couple who ever invites other people over i tend to be the catalyst so mm. and uh, you know with with, with with uh one couple they're terrible cooks and i said we i not going to cook anything we get a takeaway and put a fiver in Eat or, you know, I love beans on toast or jacket potatoes. You don't have to be Egon Roney or yeah. Fanny Craddock or Delia Smith. Yeah. You can get something in and a baked potato or beans on toast done with love
1: yeah.
0: is a lovely thing to do. So anyone can be hospitable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it means
0: so much opening up your home to people.
1: Yeah, I might think of my mate Justin. He's a very good mate and a trustee, and he, you know, he, he would just get everyone to pool. And, and this might be too much, and for, for for many people, he put in a, a tenner, and he just had, had 30, 30 mates over for really quality steak. But you know, you could do that for three quid, couldn't you? Doesn't it? It's not. Of course, you could. It's just um, yes, open well, I think years out. ago
0: we all put a fiver in, twenty of us, and we got every dish on the Indian at the Indian takeaway. Mm. laid out on a great big decorating table. There was me panicking all night. It was going to collapse under the weight of all these dishes. But it was just such a great night. There was hardly any washing up. It was brilliant. Mm. You know, we've had 5th of November go by. We are known in our street for putting an event on called Bangers and Bangers. So I get some amazing sausages bangers Dang. and i get some amazing fireworks which are also bangers great you know we have people tweeting that our display is better than Littlehampton council event you know it was the quality of the fireworks which i do get sent i don't have to pay for them because of this men's magazine sorted that i'm sure we'll chat about yeah. that i started so i mm-hmm. get some lovely freebies but bangers and bangers it's such an easy thing to do and the people on our street all come out and you meet people you've never met before
1: Right, but there's lo-
0: amazing people out there, lovely people who are friends and neighbours.
1: So I'd love it, even out of this podcast, if there will be a few dozen, you know, sort of satellite bangers and bangers initiatives uh, kicking out around Do the country it. in different countries. Come it's on, a good name, isn't it? Yeah. Hey folks, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm loving the response we're getting from across the world. It's it's just wonderful to see how encouraging and inspiring it is being and hitting the spot. Listen, if you are being blessed by it, I'd love it. Basically, this happens under the auspices of our ministry, Great Lakes Outreach, which works in the poorest and the hungriest country in the world, which is Burundi. We're having an incredible impact in the toughest of circumstances. We want to carry on supporting those local folks doing a great job. So if you wanted to greatlakesoutreach.org forward slash inspired you could make a donation there i'd so appreciate it also it's word of mouth isn't it so gossip this these podcasts to other people get them to subscribe give us a great review absolutely wonderful so grateful to you so that's greatlakesoutreach.org forward slash inspired if you want to do a monthly a couple of quid a month or or a one-off donation we'd be incredibly grateful all right now let's get back to the podcast So how many years did you spend in that sort of difficult, lonely state?
0: Do you know, I was about five years and it was really tough. I mean, the first Christmas was really tough, as you can imagine, Christmas Day. Um,
1: how, how old were the girls?
0: They were, Maddie was two, so probably two, five and eight. All right. So really young. So it was tough, but I got them back on Boxing Day that first Christmas and wanting to wanting to be a little bit different. I'd hired a snow machine. Um, so when I picked them up and brought them back to my house on Boxing Day, our house was covered in snow. So that was a buzz. <laughs> so That was a silly thing to do, but uh, it's created a memory. Mm. You know, I work with families a lot and children and speak about children and how to be a superhero to your dads. And there's a phrase that I use that I've used so many times. I think I came up with it, but it's probably too good for me mm. that children don't remember days. They remember moments. And I'm just very passionate about creating moments Mm -hmm. and creating a moment doesn't have to cost a lot of money. You don't have to hire a snow machine. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, wake them up on Christmas day with a tea towel on your head, pretending to be one of the shepherds singing, you know, while shepherds wash their socks by night, Mm -hmm. there's crazy things you can do. Sleeping downstairs isn't crazy, but it's a fun and a quirky thing to do. Putting up a tent in the back garden, you know, having a movie festival with, with the kids, just creating these amazing moments for them.
1: Mm and uh so the girls are sort of entering adulthood now are they all all doing yeah
0: right? well um yes yeah. so i then i met becca uh who's my wife now we've now been married 13 years so we met at spring harvest holidays mm-hmm. down in france have you been down to LPO? no
1: i haven't yet no. oh it's
0: amazing spring harvest got this four-star camping site down in um in the Vendee, which is sort of halfway down in france so i went over there with care for the family put on an amazing week for single parent families Mm -hmm. so me and this bloke alan went with about 30 women and all these kids and we had a whale of a time as you can imagine but i met becca who was there with her mum, not on the single parent holidays even though she was a single mum. all right and i met her and uh, our eyes met across a crowded swimming pool and (sighs) then she came to the pub quiz on the last night and i bought her a drink she joined our team because i'm really into pub quizzes uh uh-huh. and we were chit-chatting and i and she said well if you're ever near me please visit me and i said where are you from and she said you'll never have heard of it and i said well try me because i've been most places once and she said dursley in gloucestershire and i said well funny enough i'm there in two weeks
1: and the oh. rest is history
0: so we became great friends and then sort of a year and a half later we got married and um yeah we had a honeymoon with all the kids came on because we planned a breakaway as two separate families. And then we decided, well, why don't we get married? So all our kids came on our first honeymoon. Uh-huh. And then we won a second one, a proper uh-huh. honeymoon in Bermuda, which we won. <laughs> Isn't that cool? How did you win it? Uh, it's a lot. It was basically a raffle.
1: Okay.
0: And uh, it just got better and better because it was a voucher with a certain uh, airline. And this airline went bust. So we got upgraded to BA. Because I got pals at BA, we got upgraded both ways, and it was just for the blessing of God. It was beautiful,
1: mm, wonderful. Now you did something, um, you, you you did something creative with a Christmas cartoon. Tell us, tell us about that. Oh, do you know?
0: What? I love Christmas. I think about Christmas every day. I really do. I heard a story probably about 18, 19 years ago, that's caused me more stress and grey hairs than probably anything else in my thirty-three years on the road. It was a story of a little boy who was five years old who heard the Christmas story for the first time at his primary school. And at the end of the day, he asked his teachers why Mary and Joseph had named their son after a swear word. <laughs> And I heard this story, I don't even know if it's true, it could be an urban myth, but I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. So I looked into this a little bit and discovered in the UK, 11.8 million kids, but only 756,000 of them go to church on a Sunday. And we're talking 18, 19 years ago, so it's even less these days. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've always enjoyed Christmas. And, uh, you know, I've noticed... Every year, Jesus gets a little bit more pushed out of Christmas. And as Christians, we often complain about such things, but don't do anything positive. So I thought, right, I'm going to do something positive. So I came up with this kind of campaign called It's a Boy a fresh way of telling people about Jesus at Christmas. And it started life as a little invite. It almost looked like a birth announcement. And people, I was encouraging people to put them in their Christmas cards. And, you know, if you get junk mail through the post with a reply paid envelope or a free post envelope, you know, pop one in there, put it back in the post, but someone's going to open it and you never really know. Yeah. And that grew into a musical and to um, a nativity play that schools bought. But I thought, wouldn't it be amazing to reach them all with a cartoon, an amazing kids cartoon with a load of celebs doing the voices. So I found a Christian animator who was outstanding. His work was beautiful. And he'd worked for Disney and Nick Parker, Aardman Animations. He said, Uh yeah, I can help you with that. And I said, what's it going to cost? He said, well, 20 grand and it will take me three months. And to be honest with you, Simon, I probably didn't have 20 pounds spare. (laughs) But I've always believed that finance follows faith. Yes. In everything I've Amen. done, I've never had a salary. I do charge for gigs, but if people can't afford it, I come for less mm-hmm. and trust God. But finance follows faith is one of my mantras. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I've got the faith to believe I could raise 20 grand. And um, would you believe it? In the end, it cost. It took three three years and cost a quarter of a million. But wow. I'm, glad, I'm really glad he didn't tell me that in the first place, because I don't think I'd, I'd have had the faith to believe for that. and i chatted up some of my mates in the world of show business some were more famous than others people like Joe Pasquale plays the innkeeper and Joe isn't a believer, but he's a friend of mine. Uh-huh. And I said, Joe, I really believe if you do this, I said, this is going to sound really freaky, pal. I said, uh, but I believe God is going to bless your career. And we were laughing about that because he thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And then he went on to, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here and won. And his profile <laughs> went through the roof. So I phoned him up. I said, I uh-huh. told you so. And friends like Callan uh-huh. and Ball, the comedians, uh-huh. David Oyelowo uh, was a young actor. Um, who is now oh, yeah. a Golden Globe nominated yeah. world famous actor. Mm-hmm. He came along to our little studio and I was, I couldn't believe it. I was directing him. He delivered a line and I said, David, that's good, but I'd rather it was delivered like <laughs> this." And I can't believe I was directing yeah. him. A Golden Globe nominated yeah. actor. Uh, when we made this cartoon, And I thought, right, I want to launch this somewhere really cool. And I thought, I'd want it to be in the church, because all my my heart is to touch people outside the church. Mm -hmm. So I phoned up the manager at the Odeon Cinema in Leicester Square, where they do all the big um, launches and premieres, thinking he would laugh at me. And he said, oh, yeah, fabulous. You can have it on a Sunday afternoon, uh, 27th of November. And it was just one of the most remarkable days of my life. The world's press were there. We had to get crash barriers in we had celebs coming some of the people who were in it Mm -hmm. i was having uh celebrity agencies phoning me up saying so and so from big brother would love to come along can we send kate lawler we've got this new boy band can we send this boy band along and it was just phenomenal so we did this and then the following day the real heart behind it i sent a dvd to every single primary school In the United Kingdom, 25,199.
1: I know that figure
0: because I had to pay for the postage and the jiffy bags as well as everything else. But a potential audience of nearly 6 million kids, and that was 16 years ago. As I said in our chat, you know, we're still here from teachers um, and kids, for that matter, who saw it at school. Um, And it's fun and it's entertaining. You can imagine with Cannon and Ball in it and Joe Pasquale, it's a lot of laughs, but it communicates the true meaning of Christmas and it's a really exciting little project
1: so so good
0: oh and would you believe it over the years it's been translated translated into four different languages
1: oh. no one's
0: ever asked for permission or sent any money they've just gone <laughs> and done it so part of me thinks linking cheek and someone's put it you know free on youtube which i'm trying to take down because we are wanting to be able to buy it to plow in to the next project mm. um So it's it's been translated into Kyrgyz, and I've worked in Kyrgyzstan many years ago. And there's not many Christians there, and it's gone all over Kyrgyzstan. And you think, wow, this is incredible!
1: Fantastic. So I'm
0: not really cross. I just it's just nice to ask.
1: Yeah, and uh, and a worker. Well, you need to you need to pay your own bills, don't you? Well, you Uh, see,
0: I wanted. I I, we wrote the screenplay for the next one in the project, King Mm -hmm. of the Hill, the Easter story, but of course, once again, it's going to cost a quarter of a million.
1: So is that is that in the pipeline?
0: It's written. Um, I don't think I've got the, the, the effort and the energy to raise that money right now unless i get a big nudge from god but um it's a great way of communicating cartoons yeah well
1: father god right now if someone's listening you know you can do it you're in the cat on a mm-hmm. thousand hills if right now anyone's listening and it's got some mega bucks w- would they be touched amen yeah
0: because oh, uh, right he can it. he can do everything can't he and uh totally and i've seen it time and time again but it took so much out of me this christmas one um so it's on the back burner so yeah that's made me think about it again
1: yeah so may this king of the hill the next big project may that may that come off um have you got any you know you, you say you live by faith have you been absolutely taken to the wire i'm sure you have I, I, oh um...
0: many times with it, a boy i mean oh man because oh, you know all these stories that we talk about sometimes sound so sexy you know we raised quarter of a million but when you're there having to pay people and the money's not coming through and it comes in at the 11th hour mm-hmm. Uh, it, it isn't sexy at all, is it, Simon? No,
1: no. It gives us grey yeah. hairs. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I've been incredibly blessed over the years, you know, by it. You know, people, as you say, you know, not always, you know, really wealthy people. Uh, you know, the, the final gift for it's a boy, which took us. So we were about fifty grand short. And a few years ago, uh, my friend Ishmael phoned me up saying, "Listen, mate, someone wants wants me to go to Aberdeen to do a gig." And, I mean, that's 540 miles from here (laughs) on the south coast. I don't fancy it. You up for it? And I said, yeah, I'll do it. I was free, and I thought it would be a nice road trip. So I went and did this gig, got paid a few hundred pounds, kept in contact with the organiser, drove home, stayed in contact, and then these people turned out to be quite wealthy and started sewing into the work that I do, about 50-pound a month, which was wonderful. And then they moved to Bournemouth and they said, Look, if you're ever down this way, it would be great to host you. You're not free on this particular date. It's our daughter's fifth birthday. Would you come and do a kids' magic show? And I said, Well, I don't normally do that sort of thing, but I'd love to. And they said, Well, how much do you want? And I said, Well, don't be daft. You know, I don't charge friends. I'll come and do it. So when I did this little magic show, they were over the moon and we were sitting there and he made me a chicken sandwich, which mm-hmm. I'll never forget because I almost choked on it. So he brought in this chicken sandwich, which I start biting into. And he says, listen, we've been thinking, um, why don't we give you 10000 now and another 40000 to finish the project Whoa! in a week?
1: Brilliant. So I start
0: crying, choking on this blinking sandwich. He's having to do the Heimlich manoeuvre on me. Um, but <laughs> it's just phenomenal. <laughs> oh, glorious. So I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. And it's incredible. Yeah. But it is widow might stuff as well. So the biggest gift. Fritz, a boy, was 50 grand, and the smallest was a child emptied their um, piggy bank, gave me 20p, and I oh, remember both of those vividly. Yeah,
1: yeah. So coming on to um, the, well, the, the, the current and uh, a big, big chapter of your life, I mean, how long has Sorted been going?
0: Sorted 14 years. Wow. Once again, it was a story that, that stirred me into action um i was time flies
1: my... time flies i mean i know i, I isn't, remember isn't incredible start, yeah. oh we're
0: making big plans for my our 15th birthday next november yeah it started it was a conversation in the school playground with my accountant and i also have to explain we did both have kids at the school we didn't just meet there <laughs> to discuss my tax return and uh, we were in the school playground and he was telling me how his 10 year old son's mates were bringing lads mags into the playground things mm-hmm. like nuts and loaded and fhm these sort of yeah. not top shelf porn mags but sort of middle shelf um mm. really unhelpful stuff really objectifying women unhelpful mm. bits in there really unhelpful content and he said to me wouldn't it be great if someone started something that was good and wholesome mm. you know they could have people like bear grills in it could go into prisons and be a news agent. and i said yeah that, that is a good idea actually and I, as I walked home, I felt God nudge me saying, well, why don't you start that? So mm. I looked into it and he knew bear a little bit back then. And he wasn't as famous as he is now. And we lined up a lovely interview with Kaka, the Brazilian footballer. Yeah. And, um, I got a quote from our printers and it was going to be about five grand to produce this magazine. And I'd been invited to speak and perform at the mandate a big men's event, which used to be held in Northern Ireland, which I think mm-hmm. is still there, but it's not as big as it was. And, uh, the one I was going to was at the Odyssey, 4,000 men. Erwin McManus was flying over from America to speak at it. And I was doing something as well. And I thought, yeah, that could tie in well. So we launched it there. Within a couple of weeks, a fella, a bloke called Martin, phoned me up and said, uh, listen, pal, I want to send you five grand. Will that be of any assistance? Mm-hmm. And the first one was paid for. And we've kind of rolled on ever since. And in one sense, it's a financial disaster. I pay myself £50 a week because that's all I can do. And I think I'd earn more having a paper round. But God has blessed that magazine and it's gone all over the world. It's based in the UK and we're very proud that it's British and it is very British. Mm -hmm. Um, It's written for a 35-year-old painter and decorator who doesn't go to church. So it's full of testimonies, though I don't like that word because for people outside the church, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sto- true life stories. It's jargon-free. There's no kumbaya or Bible bashy, but it's powerful stories of how Jesus has changed people's lives. Lots of celebrities. Bear Grylls is still involved all these years on. Mm-hmm. Great sto- uh, sport and lifestyle. But I send free copies into 76 prisons. Brilliant. and some prisons get hundreds of copies i used to send 80 co- free copies into belmarsh prison in london yeah and uh, that's a pretty high security prison and mm-hmm. the chaplain wrote to me saying can you send more mags because scuffles are breaking out when sorted arrives such is the demand for this oh, christian mate. magazine so good so i sent 120 copies into belmarsh we have copies available newsagent it's the first christian magazine to be available in WH Smith and McColl news agents. Over the years, if we have got the funds, we use secular companies and we do what's known in the trade as monitored free distribution. Mm-hmm. So it's the kind of thing that if you pick up a copy of the Evening Standard or Metro in London at a tube or railway station, we get copies of sorted there when we can. So we've done tube and railway stations. We do airport departure gates. So uh, as you're stepping onto the plane and you see your free newspapers there and free magazines, we have copies of sorted there. I've had two pilots over the years write to me who've come to Christ because they picked up a copy on a stand or someone's left on a plane. We give them away in high-end restaurants and hotels and places like that. During the London 2012 Olympics, there was an opportunity to give away 50,000 copies in all the athletes' villages, which we did. So, you know, 33 years of evangelism, it's one of the most exciting things that I do. And you just hear of the gospel going to the ends of the earth. I had a teacher from somewhere like Turkmenistan write to me saying, I use it to teach my pupils English. I said, how on earth did you get a copy out there? And he said, oh, I bought one. There's a tobacconist downstairs under the English language school. <laughs> and I thought, well, I know I don't supply so I reckon some <laughs> rascal picked up a few free copies at Gatwick and thought, oh, yeah, I'll sell those. I'll make a few bucks on that. And it's sort of one of God's jokes, isn't it? Yeah. That then he uses that, that magazine that someone's helped himself to that has been resold, blinking cheek, yeah. um, you know, to, so people learning English learn about Jesus as well as learn English
1: oh well tremendously listen, exciting it is so exciting so inspiring it's just it's, it's why 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 i do this why i've got you on and uh, i'm you know from the very first per- podcast we launched about six months ago literally that first po- podcast led to i don't even know ed walker hope into action but it oh, led yes. it led to three three houses you know being being sort of uh, contributed to, to be bought um, and invested in for the for the homeless so from wow. the very first podcast it, we've seen beautiful fruit and and i'm just trying to dream now for you. What, what, what could the fruit look like? I mean, would, would you want people to, you know, say, I, I, I'm going to regularly sponsor 120 into Belmarsh? Is that the sort of thing you'd I want? I would
0: love that. Do you know what? I've got someone who does that, someone who goes in there, which is amazing. But for someone to say, yeah, um, here's some dough. You know, do what you like with it to reach people because the opportunities are endless, which is for me as a, you know, I'm an evangelist, I'm an entrepreneur, I dream big, I want to do everything with excellence. It's so frustrating that the opportunities are there and I can't always take them. Mm. You know, we could print a million magazines and give those away all over the place. Yeah. That's very interesting. The only people who, would, who ever refused to take copies was Eurostar. And I thought, that's interesting. But anyone else, tube and railway station, bars and restaurants, schools, colleges, universities, gyms. We've had free copies in gyms over the years. Uh-huh. If people could say, look, here's some money, use it wisely um, for free distribution, because it sounds very big-headed, Simon, I do apologise, but it's a cracking magazine. High we always quality. have big stars on the cover, and it's not it doesn't put people off and mm. I love books and I've written 17 books over the years, mm-hmm. but you've got to be really into a book to pick it up and read it. But there's something about a magazine that there'll be something of interest in there. And we have such interesting people that we chat to yeah. and uh, you know, as people flick through it, you know, maybe for the guy, ga- the cars and the gadgets, if you're not into church, but you start hearing some inspirational stories. Yeah. I say to lots of mums, you know, if you've got teenage sons who aren't believers, how about getting a subscription? I'm putting a magazine on the coffee table. or in the downstairs toilet. It's such an easy thing to do. It's really easy evangelism. So we just, I'm desperate to get more copies out there. You know, at our peak, we were probably doing 62,000 every two months with COVID and subscriptions dropping off and not being at events, not being able to get new subscribers. Just only 36 pound a year to subscribe, you know. But, you know, that's dropped off a little bit. So we're only doing about 8,000 at the moment, which is still massive, but it's, I'd, so, I'd much rather add a zero to that and do 80,000.
1: Yeah. Well, let's let's see if that, we can push that in the right direction from this. Listen, uh, anything else you, you want to sort of promote or share before we call it a day?
0: Not really. I'm just busy on the road, so value your prayers for that. It's been a tough 18, 19 months for all of us, not being able to go out and gig. And I've done stuff on Zoom, but it's not the same. I do a lot of comedy and humour and banter with people. I just love bantering with people. I've just come back from three gigs. In the last 24 hours, and it's been wonderful being back on the road again. Mm. So, uh, I love going into churches and doing a comedy night that's good and wholesome. And there's, I share bits of my story throughout and to see people bring their friends and neighbours who aren't churchgoers and loving it and coming up at the end and shaking my hand and say, oh, listen, mate, you know, we weren't looking forward to that, but we really enjoyed that. And you didn't swear. You weren't rude. You didn't put people down. And that just warms my heart so much. Because half the time with evangelism, it is smashing those misconceptions yeah. that Christians are all wallies who go to church 20 times on a Sunday, sky plus songs of praise and help old ladies across the road, even if they don't want to go
1: oh so um if people want to get you for a gig have a get in touch yeah
0: with well i've got a website steveleg.com that's l-e-double-g so that's two g steveleg.com and sorted is sorted s-o-r-t-e-d mag.com sortedmag.com so sorted is a wonderful gift throughout the year 36 pounds a year comes in the post every two months and we say to people once you've read it pass it on leave it somewhere doctors dentists barbers put it through a neighbor's door do it at midnight if you're really scared.
1: Oh, listen, Steve, mate, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. dear so, pal. And uh, everybody, I hope you've been inspired. I've been inspired. So same time, same place. Next week, we'll have another fantastic guest. If you enjoyed it, please give us a great review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. If you want to be in touch with me at simongilbert.com or any of the social media platforms. Thank you so much to Adam Thomas Steer for his editing and to Mike Sanderman for his, his mixing. And uh, yeah, have a great week. See you next time. Toodaloo.